Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Coming up on this episode of the Entrepreneurial You. Degreed was born from the question, when you ask someone, tell me about your education, they tell you where they went to university or what degree they got or that they didn't go to university. And it's a reflection of the fact that we have only one language in which to answer for education or skills, and that's the diploma. And we believe that in this world of lifelong learning, that's absurd. It's, a, it's, it's crazy. And it isn't that college is crazy. It's, but if you think about it in terms of, you know, if I were to ask you, you know, tell me about your health. Henneke, and you said, oh, Dave, you know, I ran a marathon 12 years ago. <laughs> you laugh, you know, but that's what we're saying. When, when someone says, tell me about your education and you say, you know, I graduated from Colorado State, um, you know, or whatever it might be. It's not that marathons are absurd, but that would be an absurd answer to tell me about your health. And it's not that university is absurd, but it's an absurd answer. When you ask someone, tell me about your education and they tell you where they went to university. It is what we know already that often prevents us from learning. Claude Bernard. Hello, my peak performer. How are you doing today? It is such another great pleasure to be doing the entrepreneurial you for you. It is episode 156 of the podcast. I'm Henneke Watkins Porter, of course. And today's episode is with David Blake. David has spent his career innovating in lifelong learning, both corporate training and higher education. He is the co-founder of Degreed and the Future of Work Studios. He's on a mission to future-proof our workforce and companies, help the world speak the language of skills instead of college degrees, and use learning and skills to enable everyone to fulfill their personal missions. He is the co-author of The Expertise Economy and is an expert on the future of credentials and skills. So, of course, I'm really excited about this conversation, particularly since I've met David in person at the recently concluded ATD Tech Knowledge Conference, where we both were presenters. So welcome, David. Welcome. I'm really so happy to have you on. Thank you. So before we start our topic of uh, which is using learning to engage, compete, and succeed. If you were to visit Jamaica, no, and I'm presuming you've never been. So if I, if you have, then I can give you another question. But if you were supposed to visit Jamaica, no, what is the first thing that you would do? 
as a first-time visitor. What's the James Bond film that's got... Uh, Golden Eye. Yeah, got him <laughs> in, the, in the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Where is that... Uh, I'd, I'd head for the waterfall. You head for the okay, great. And especially now, since it's it's, it's hot, um, it's not like, of course, yes, I'm gonna say San Jose was very cold for me. It was very cold. Um, it's hot right now, and so you know, that would be a great place to start. So thank you for that. All right, let's jump to using learning to engage, compete, and succeed. Your mission, David, is to future-proof our workforce and companies. In the context of learning, explain that. We've got this massive global crisis that's just sort of looming over us. I mean, um, companies are living through it, individuals are living through it, and all of us will be affected by it. I mean, the global skills gap is getting bigger and bigger. So just to put it in terms of scale, the World Economic Forum um, says within the next two years, it's something like 150 million jobs will be created, but uh, it's like uh, 80 million jobs will be displaced. So that's good news. We have more jobs being created than are going away. But the bad news is, is that those don't line up especially well. And so we've got just this massive um, uh, mobility of the workforce and of our companies and in our own lives on a, on a micro scale. This is true, which is the, the half life of our skills is diminishing. We've got to continually be learning, moving forward. And we've just got to move the, the, the world into the future and help people do that as um, best, smartly, and, and pain-free as we can. Mm-hmm. And how is the workforce um, being prepared for, for these new jobs, for take up, taking up these new positions that will um, become available? Is, is the current workforce being adequately prepared in your mind? No, I don't believe so. You know, it's in a world that was more stable, um, this whole model of sort of feast and then famine in terms of both training and education um, worked. You could go to university, you could go do an apprenticeship um, and, and be upfield and then practice that craft or apply that knowledge over a stable career that would last you 30, 40, you know, sometimes 50 years. Um, but that world no longer exists. And yet we're still, you know, left largely with the same system of higher education with um, primarily the same system of of skilling. Um, And so we've got the old tools in a new world. And just as fast as we can, we've got to, you know, readjust um, to our new reality. And uh, I believe it's Thomas Friedman, you know, who talks about just the rate that technology is scaling surpass the rate at which human beings are able to adapt uh, circa 2007. Like this isn't the same, this, we, we sometimes, uh, people talk in terms of the industrial revolutions. We're living through the fourth industrial revolution. Yes, historically there have been the other industrial revolutions, times at which in, um, technology sprinted out in front of sort of human capabilities. But what we're living through right now is fundamentally different in that the slope of the line has actually changed. Technology can scale faster than human beings can learn, and that has never been true before. And so we've got to, you know, readjust to a fundamentally new equation that humanity has never confronted, never lived through. Mm -hmm. It seems as though what you've just described is, you know, a revolution as it relates to learning. No, you've hit up point that we seem to, the technology seem to um, change faster than we can learn. How does the workplace, how does organizations keep up with with what's happening? You've got to 
at some level fight fire with fire. Um, <laughs> understand what's going on. Very simply, there's been two radical fundamental shifts. One is the world went from information um, being scarce, education being inaccessible. And now all of a sudden we live in a world of data and information abundance and education has been democratized and it's highly accessible. Um, every single one of the listeners right now can go get a Ivy League um, education for free between Coursera and edX and MITx and, and HarvardX and uh, OER and you know all of the resources that are out there now, future learn, whatnot. Um, it's, it is true. Uh, Ivy League education is accessible to everyone today. And that is, um, so we've gone through that shift. Information and education going from being inaccessible and scarce to accessible and abundant. The second fundamental shift is the one we, we referenced earlier, which is technology is now scaling faster than human beings can learn. So you add those two things together, and here's how you have to begin um, uh, to address it. In the old world, when education and information is inaccessible, it took very large institutions um, to outlay a lot of costs in very formalized way to go and gather information, to publish it, to bring those published books together into libraries, to go s across um, the globe and find experts in their industries and in their field and in their research and bring them to one physical spot in a university. You know, we would then take years of our lives off at a time in a world where that expertise and information and education is inaccessible. The most efficient model was for us to take years of our lives, physically uproot ourselves, go to where those institutions were, go to where those experts were to learn at their feet, to absorb as much of it as we can, and then to go out and apply it. And that whole model is just fundamentally now has to radically shift. And so in a world where information is accessible and abundant, what organizations, what individuals must need to be doing is continuous lifelong learning. Instead of feasting, famine, learn, and then apply, we need to just be continually learning a little uh, bit in the flow of our lives, in the flow of our work. But now, you know, the mandate and, and our reality is over the entirety of our lives. Mm -hmm. As I listen to you, I'm thinking, all right, so for entrepreneurs, because I have to connect it to my entrepreneurs who are listening, and they're thinking, oh my gosh, if I have to constantly think about um, training my people, constantly think about how much I'm going to invest, um, where does that leave me in terms of revenue and, and, and profits and, and all of these things? Speak to that. Yeah, I mean, time's a, an expensive trade-off. Giving time to learning it's hard. It's expensive. We have a lot of demands, I think, you know, and that's one of the things we see the world and organizations struggling with. Um, you know, a degreed, we just said, and we ourselves, we were a startup that was um, sub subject to all of the same pressures as every other startup having to, you know, grow, having to hire. If we don't close the sales, we can't make payroll. You know, I mean, a very real necessity of, of progress. And yet we said, you know, learning is sacred. Anytime that people um, take in learning, learning is sacred. Anything you need to learn, we gave people the time. We also gave them the money from the earliest of days when we hadn't raised any venture capital money before we had uh, revenues. You know, we made decisions to um, even then invest in and upskill our people. So it can be painful, but I think, you know, if you don't take that long arc, 
of uh, believing that it's a, you know, sort of a mandate in today's world and investment that pays off. You're going to lose your people. You're going to have high churn. You're going to miss innovation cycles. You know, you aren't going to be able to uh, compete and uh, keep up. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to spend some time, David, looking into some aspects from your book. But before we get into that, um, you just kind of allude to degree. And, you know, for those of my listeners who have never heard of the company before, just give us a synopsis into who you are, what's your focus. I mean, we kind of mentioned something in the intro, but outside of that, a little more. Degreed was born from the question, when you ask someone, tell me about your education, they tell you where they went to university or what degree they got or that they didn't go to university. Um, And it's a reflection of the fact that we have only one language in which to answer for education or skills, and that's the diploma. And we believe that in this world of lifelong learning, um, that's absurd. It's a, it's it's crazy, and it isn't that college is crazy. It's but if you think about it in terms of you know, if I were to ask you, you know, tell me about your health, Henneke, and you said, oh, Dave, you know, I ran a marathon twelve years ago. <laughs> you laugh, you know, but that's what we're saying when when someone says, tell me about your education, and you say, you know, I graduated from Colorado State, um, you know, or whatever it might be. It's not that when you, it's not that marathons are absurd, but that would be an absurd answer to tell me about your health. And it's not that university is absurd, but it's an absurd answer when you ask someone, tell me about your education and they tell you where they went to university. I mean, it's a, it's just an absurdity. So that was, that was the genesis of, of degree. It was this belief that we have no ability to answer for our education or skills, um, in real time. We always point back to um, formal education or training or the lack thereof. Um, so Degreed is a lifelong um, learning platform where people can track all of their academic, professional um, training and informal self-directed learning, articles, videos, books, podcasts, courses, um, full degrees, uh, again, corporate training and certificate programs, um, and take it with them throughout their um, life and career. Let's now talk about some guiding principles that organizations can use to build the skills of their team members. You mentioned in the intro, and I tell you, like I started reading the book, I haven't quite gotten a chance to finish it, but I really like what I have been reading so far. And even in the introduction alone, just those seven principles that were highlighted that you've spoken about, um, that you're talking about throughout the book. Of course, you have a co-author. I just want to put that there, Kelly Palmer as well, um, with yourself writing this book. So let's walk through, if you will, some of those guiding principles or the salient ones that you want to, you know, kind of hone in on. So first of all, make learning a competitive advantage. How do we do that? If you look at some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our time, if you look at Bill Gates, you look at Elon Musk, you know, you look at um, Clayton Christensen, you look at these these great entrepreneurs, uh, these great business leaders, what do they have in common? They all are um, phenomenal learners. Um, Elon Musk, when asked, how did you learn how to build rockets? He said, I read books. What Elon Musk, Clayton Christensen, and Bill Gates all have in common is that they all read the entire encyclopedia as children. Like uh, great learners, great leaders are great learners. You know, you have to embrace that. I think we are accustomed. Here's what I'd say tactically for companies. How do you make learning a competitive advantage? Drucker strategy, uh, culture beat strategy uh, for breakfast. Like you've got to build this into your organization. Um, sending people off for one-time training, for one-time uh, certification, you know, is not how you win in this world. You've got to build a culture of uh, continuous learning inside of your organization. 
making learning a competitive advantage, we looked at that. Then you also talk about embrace personalized learning. And I'm sure that's is part of the, um, the, the solution that the greed is giving. Um, embrace personalized learning because people all learn differently, right? I mean, that's that's true. Both, you know, what habits you fall into as well as just how we come to knowledge and, and synthesize information. So that's the second one. And then talk about content, combat content overload. Because let me tell you, personally speaking, there is just, have you ever tried to go on the internet to search for something and uh, you were supposed to spend like 15 minutes or less than that to find one thing and you end up spending like an hour or two because you've gone into this um, rabbit hole. Uh, how do you con- um, combat this content overload? Aziz Ansari in one of his stand-up skits talks about if you were to print off everything you read on the internet in a year, print it, and then take it to a publisher, get it, um, you know, hardcover, get it bounded, and then turn around and try and sell it, it would literally be the worst book anyone has ever published ever. Like, you know, we are just out there swimming in, for the most part, just garbage. You know, in um, Facebook and Twitter and and uh, social media and blogs, it's just so overwhelming. And just like you said, there's so many rabbit holes. You know, all of a sudden, you know, before you know it, you're learning about, uh, you know, bats in Thailand and don't even remember where you started your journey on the Internet. So here's the thing. And this is uh, for someone who advocates and has spent my life dedicated to learning. I think this is what people don't appreciate in today's world is that curiosity is no longer the mark of a good learner. Curiosity will kill you. In a world of information abundance, will just get you lost. You'll just swim. The waves will crash over you and over you and over you. You know, and unless you intend to try and make a run at beating Ken Jennings, um, you know, Jeopardy uh, title, like curiosity actually isn't going to give you much of a premium in your life anymore. You know, curiosity is no longer the mark of a good lifelong learner. In a world where information and education was inaccessible, curiosity was the force that was required to drive people through and to learning. But that's just no longer the case. So what makes for a good lifelong learner today? It's a different skill. Now it's being uh, deliberate. It's about um, being good at curating. Um, just like you said, you, you get on Google, you start looking for something. I mean, you're just overwhelmed today with information. You know, it's really a new skill set. When we went to, to school, the job that we were required to do was essentially to show up on time in the right place with a good attitude and do the hard work of synthesizing information and, and processing it and memorizing it and logging away, you know, knowledge and facts. Um, what we don't appreciate is that Most of the other jobs that are required in a system of learning are now the jobs that make a good lifelong learner stand out. And so when we showed up in that classroom, we take for granted that there was a teacher who had um, created a syllabus and had curated information and topics, who had examined different texts and chosen um, our textbook or our materials. There was a school that um, cohorted a peer group for us so that we could have social context to our learning and other people we could learn with. There was a schedule that was set. There was physical space that was set aside. All of those things we never had to work at. We could we could just fully assume it and take it for granted. And now when you're on your own, so now you find yourself in your career, in your organization, 
And when you hear people talk about lifelong learning, people sort of default to assuming it's, you know, the curious will will survive, the curious will thrive. You know, it's the exact opposite. It's the deliberate, the intentional, those who are willing to curate, to create systems um, of learning for their organization, people who are willing to filter out the noise, um, do the hard work of editorializing, um, curating uh, a good knowledge, sequencing it, building syllabus, building curriculum. All of those things are a ton of hard work, and it's not the hard work most of us are accustomed to in terms of learning. Said so much in that um, in that response. I know you we talked about the the seven guiding principles, and just for um, just me re- re- uh, reiterate, we're looking at using learning to engage, compete, and succeed. And talking about these guiding principles that David Blake has written in his amazing book. So far, we've looked at three. We won't go through all seven. I'll mention all of them, however. But there is one I want to kind of finalize on the four that are remaining. Succeed with the right technology. Understand the power of pairs. Analyze your employees' skills with data and insights and make skills and expertise count. Now, looking at the the aspect of analyzing your employee's skills with data and insights. What are some of the tools that uh, employers should be taking advantage of in, in making sure that that is done? This is really why we built Degreed is we went out there and realized that, you know, we can't answer for our own education and skills in real time. And if we can't do it for ourselves, it certainly doesn't get easier when you try and account for the skills and, and knowledge of an entire workforce. And at the same time, in a world where the skills gap is growing, it's putting immense pressure into businesses who need to adapt, need to change. And, you know, evidence of that, PricewaterhouseCoopers, PwC, has done their annual CEO survey where they go and ask a battery of the same questions to CEOs every year. For now, it's, I think, the last uh, 20 plus years. And CEOs have now identified the, the lack of the right skills as the third highest threat to businesses um, globally. So it's this huge threat. It's this huge amount of pressure. And yet when you ask those same CEOs, can you tell me what skills your organization have? Can you tell me what skills your organization needs? You know, we can't, um, because we can hardly answer what skills we have as an individual. So that's what it's all about is we've got to get to the place where in this context of, of, um, immense pressure, There's very real consequences if we don't get the right mix of skills as an individual and as an organization. And yet, how do we know what those are? How do we measure them? How do we build on them? So to greed, you know, you need technology. You need a system that can help do this at scale. I can't just have, you know, one person saying I'm an intermediate at, you know, these skills. Someone else saying I'm, you know, four out of five stars. Someone else saying I got certified by this you know, corporate education um, platform or, or provider, you know, the problem with it is the market's really noisy right now. Everyone um, went to a different, through a different, you know, that we've all walked our own paths um, through our careers. We've had some very unique amalgamation of education and skills. How do you come back to an organization and begin to reflect that in a, in a universal way? And that's where you need technology to, to step in and help. You've shared a lot, David. And Somebody who runs an organization now may be wondering, okay, we've said all of this, so what? What's next? How how does yes, we um, you know, these are some principles, but where can I actually start now? Because I've looked I've looked at how I've run this organization and truth be told, I find that I'm lacking. So where do I go next? What would you recommend? 
can reach out to me, David at degreed.com. You know, these themes, we really built this because we believe that, you know, the market was was missing the help and tools it needed. Um, I think beyond just degreed, you know, largely inside your organization, you might have some current mix of, of tools. You know, how do you frame this? I think three things. First, you need to begin to have an answer for what skills does our organization have. You, two, you need to begin to have some answer for w- what skills does our organization need. And three, you then need some strategy and answer for how do we get from where we are in terms of the skills we have to that destination in terms of the skills we're going to need. And so be able to measure what you have, be able to identify what you need and be able to close that gap. I think that's a great place for any organization to start. Any team, any manager, any organization, can we answer for the skills we have? You know, how do we today? What do our HR or HCM um, systems enable already today? What can we do to begin to inventory those things? You know, are we speaking the language, you know, to that second point, are we speaking the language of skills? When our organization says we have a new initiative, we need to open a new market, we need to launch a new product, we need to engage in a, a, a digital transformation. Are you able to turn around and say what any of those business objectives will require in terms of skill? That's the discipline required to begin to move your organization to speak that language of skills. As always, take any objective and turn around and speak uh, the language of what skills will be required. You know, and then I'd say the, the market is um, most abundant in terms of the third um, challenge, which is how do we help upskill our people? You know, there we really have shifted to this world of abundance. We've shifted to this world where learning is democratized. You've got um, exceptional options at your fingertips today. Um, from the abundance the internet gives us to offline this new world of skilling um, programs and boot camps. No longer do we have to, um, every time we need to learn something, we don't need to pause for two years on our lives and go get a, uh, a, a, a degree, an advanced degree. You know, today you can learn um, three hours at a time, three weeks at a time, three months at a time, you know, and there's so many options, good options out there. Expertly presented, David. David Blake of Degreed. Thank you so much. And before I go again, I just want you to repeat your contact information. Well, you had mentioned the website, but where else might my community find you? Yeah, you can find me, uh, degreed.com backslash David Blake on Twitter at David Blake. Email me, David at degreed.com. Any of those, welcome uh, any correspondence. Thank you for tuning in to this episode with David Blake. I look forward to connecting with you next week. In the meantime, of course, my new book, Podcast Power, the quick start guide to launching and leveling up your brand is now available for purchase on Amazon at bit.ly slash purchase podcast power. And also I want to share with you that you can bring your team to the world's largest one day leadership event for an unforgettable immersive experience or just bring yourself and connect with your fellow leaders on thursday may 7 at the jamaica pegasus hotel in kingston get your tickets at hennekawatkinsporty.com or call 876-849-2571 remember you were born to win but to be a winner you must plan to win prepare to win and expect to win what good <laughs>